0: Hey, how are you today? So, you know, I'm I'm in a spot this morning, okay? Because last week I said today was going to be a lot of fun, and somebody walked in and said, "Where are the party hats?" And you're you're. When a pastor says things are going to be fun, we go to the Abraham Lincoln Museum, okay? We're kind of low key. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. Don't worry. It's going to be a little different than what I thought it was going to be, but it was going to be fun. Uh, today we're going to do something that's inspired by Facebook. And you shouldn't do many things inspired by Facebook. But one of the things inspired by Facebook is this idea of TBT, Turn Back Thursday, or Throwback Thursday, where you, where you go back and see, oh my goodness, people's wedding pictures from umpteen years ago, or old videos, or something that you kind of... You go back in the archives and you say, this is what life was like way back then. I thought that if I called you together... Uh, on a Thursday that I'd have an empty room. So we're doing a TBS. No, it's not very funny. This is TBS uh, throwback Sunday, and we're going to spend some time looking at some of who we were. Because see, here's the thing. For a lot of you, you got on the train in 2008, 2009, later on down the road, and, and you weren't part of 1995, 1999, 2001, 2003, you were in other places, other churches, whatever. And so you missed out on pieces of who we were and and, and what makes us us. And, and part of what's really cool is that several months from now, we're going to be in a building just about a quarter mile away from here. And we're going to be able to start doing some of the things we used to do. Things like leave a room set up. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Things like decorate a room really fun for kids and, and just stuff like that. So not too long ago, I was going through some of our, some of our old video archives, some of who we were, some of what our place was about. And, and when I go through this, I, I'm sitting next to Shell. Shell was very tense during all that. You got to see Shelly at 11 leading music. Um, she was real tense, you know, and whatever. I'm sitting there with this monster lump in my throat and wet eyes because you're just remembering so much of who was there and what we were doing. And, and the things that I want you to spot this morning, the things I'm just going to kind of clue you in on, it, okay? I, the creativity. The creativity of sets, the creativity of the stories, the creativity of the music. It was amazing the amount of creativity we were able to do when we had the right tools. And in our case, the right tool will be a place, a place to be able to do it and to be able to be set up and to be able to add to things and just do that. So I love that piece of us. But there's this other piece that, that has been just an amazing part of what it means to be Southfield. It's not just that we teach kids. And we're going to spend some time focusing on some of our kids' stuff today. Because honestly, there aren't a lot of video archives of Dennis' sermons, thank goodness. But what we have is some of the fun stuff that we did, okay? And um, one of the things you'll see is that we weren't just about teaching kids. We're about teaching kids to teach kids. So you had the kids leading music. You have kids leading stories. You have, and this morning, that's going on. This morning while we're in here, there are kids leading our program in other parts of the building. So we're not just about teaching kids. We're about teaching kids to teach kids, which is really what we're supposed to be all about. So my original plan for today uh, was a throwback of a sermon, believe it or not. When I came, the churches do this. They'll have, you, they'll have a pastor in and they do what I kiddingly call the sample sermon where you come and, and, and you deliver the best of the best you got. It all goes downhill from there. So you, you give your very, very, very best sermon. Here it is, boom. And believe it or not, that sermon was on Elijah. And I was like, this would be cool. It would be fun to watch this. I'm wearing a suit. I'm standing behind a pulpit that's 10 feet wide. I'm not exaggerating. Big old pulpit. Um, comb back hair. I comb it up these days. It makes it look fuller. And I was wearing these, believe it or not. Here's the extent of my throwback for the day. Oh, the, the 90s were fantastic, weren't they? Nice, big, round glasses. And you're like, why don't you wear them now? I don't know. I just don't. So I don't, something happened. It works. I can see, more or less. So anyway, I'm, I thought, I'll show that sermon. This would be kind of cool. because Part of what I wanted to hear was, what did Dennis of 1995 say to Bethel? What was going on back there? And I spent three days this week searching for that video. I looked through where I thought it was. I looked through where I didn't think it was. I looked through every box over at the warehouse. And there are a lot of boxes over at the warehouse. I went to Swank's. They have a cabinet over at their house. I looked through. I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. And I'm like, okay, well, sign from God. What else? What else can we do? And I started looking at some of the past of what we did with kids. And I'm like, man, this really catches a flavor of who we are, who we were, the DNA that's still implanted, and what we're going to be able to do when we have a home and when we can stay set up every week. So I want to show you two clips this morning. The first one, the first one is uh, of my oldest kid. But here's the thing. It's my oldest kid when he's just entering high school. So again, here's this idea of kids teaching kids, all right? And we have great adult leaders, but what makes our adult leaders great is our, de- our adult leaders model to kids how to teach. And they model uh, just that energy and passion and excellence, the hard work, the creativity, all those pieces. So, and the reason I'm showing you this one is not because it's Brian. I'm showing you this one because they were doing a story on Elijah. And I thought, what better way to set this thing up? Now, now it starts out, and if you don't know Brian, you might get the impression from this video that he is one of the biggest biggest braggers in the history of earth or something. The whole idea is that my God's greater than your God, right? Elijah's saying to the prophets of Baal, my God's greater than your God. So he starts out talking about being the greatest baseball player in Manuka history. If you know baseball players in Manuka, you know that uh, greatest would not be where Brian falls. Okay, so he's not suffering visions of grandeur. It goes with the story. So why don't you catch this, and then and then we got more for you in a few minutes.
1: Oh hey, I'm Brian Pitt,
2: better known as Wappy or Brian Patterson. Now I am most, without a doubt the greatest player Manuka baseball has ever seen. Now. This is my friend, Brian Barnes. No, Brian is Barnes. Now, definitely, he's the second greatest player Manuka Baseball has ever seen. Now, since I, of course, am the greatest baseball player Manuka has recognized, I've been chosen to to talk to you about... Wait, who says you are the best? Everyone knows that I'm the best. Sorry, guys. Looks like we're going to have to settle this little dispute before I tell you the story. Uh, Hey, let's take it. <laughs>
1: Hi everybody, it's Harry Carried up here, ready to announce this one. It looks like it's going to be a good one. Here's the first contestant, Brad Barnes. Oh, he's clocking in here at about 35 dollars So that was in the dirt, that one too. He throws like a girl. Oh, that's an insult to girls. He lets that one get by. I can't believe it, I've never seen anyone jump for a ball. That one's in high and deep, but it's foul. It's got to be the longest strike I've ever seen. This kid's slow as molasses in the wintertime. Speaking of molasses, I really like it. I like to put it on my bread and my toast. He brings up a lot of dust there, but that's about it. He's got some really poor offense here. He throws that one straight up into the air. I can't believe it. He's worse than Alex Gonzalez. Here's our second contestant, Brian Penn. Oh, he's a stud. I've never seen anyone pitch so great. Oh, man. Did I mention he's wearing my favorite number? Fifteen has got to be the greatest. Oh, that one's hit high and deep. It's gone. It's black there. It's gone. Brian Buttons is going to need a cereal box to catch that one. He hit the stuffing out of it. Look, I can't believe it. Look at it. Oh, man, if this, if this kid runs any faster, I think he's going to lose his stuffing. I can't believe I really like stuffing. I really... That's why I love Thanksgiving. Oh, man, he's fast. Look at him. Oh, there he goes. He's going to slide. No, he's cyber soft to the second base. And he's safe by now. Now, look at this kid's offense. Defense. I knew it was defense. This kid's amazing. I've never seen anything quite like him. Oh, we're so lucky. I I guess we get to have an interview with him after that. How it feel to the greatest player
2: in American baseball history? Oh, it feels awesome. It's got to be one of the greatest feelings ever. And we're bronzy, though. I didn't say. Oh, the the uh, the trainer took him back back into the clubhouse because apparently he was so bad that uh, he pulled his hamstring or something. That's the latest that I've heard. All right, I'm glad that's settled. Now on why I'm really here. See, I've been chosen because I won. That I get I get to teach you guys a short history lesson.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, no, this history lesson is awesome, and we know that it's true because it's from the greatest history book of all time, the Bible. See, there was this guy, Elijah, he...
1: Was real tall!
2: Where'd that come from? No, see, this guy, Elijah, he... Was really small. Who said that? All right, see, this guy, Elijah, he all right now that's enough that is enough all right see this guy elijah he he really loved god Ah, all right and you see he knew that jehovah god the god written about in the greatest history book ever the bible was the one true god see but he had a problem the king of his country king ahab he was one of the most evil people ever the Bible says, and you know, he decided that he was going to have everyone in the whole country stop believing in the one true God and start believing in this guy named Baal. I mean, he, this, this Baal guy, he's totally fake. So this, you know, let's just head over to Summerland and let me tell you the rest of the story. Oh. Oh. It's mine,
1: it's mine. Oh. Oh, oh. All right, wait, where were we?
2: I can't remember. Where were we? Oh, yeah. Well, of course. See, the deal with Elijah, this king had killed every single of the other prophets of God and replaced them with 450 prophets of this false god. See, sorry. Our story goes on, and apparently this King Ahab guy had gotten all the people of Israel really dizzy. I mean, sorry, he had gotten all the people of Israel to, uh, you know, follow this false god named Baal. Which is pretty stupid, because as we know, there's only one God. And, you know, there's only one way to live forever with him in heaven. And this Baal guy, no, he's not working. He's not a cool dude, all right? So, Elijah didn't like this, because he knew that, like us, like, he knew that there was only one true guy. See, Elijah challenged King Ahab and all these other loser prophets of Baal to the, probably the biggest contest ever known to man. Even bigger than the Olympics, bigger than the World Series. That's pretty big.
1: Where's my hat? I know I lost it. Oh, i
2: almost forgot at a to tell you. the most important part of this whole contest thing. Elijah and Ahab agreed that the rules of the contest were that wh- whichever God lit the fire would be proclaimed the one true God of Israel. So, you know, once that was all decided, they said, let the games
1: begin. All around me, your creation brings me to my knees in adoration. the have to Baal, they were crazy.
2: You know, when they got their bulls, sliced them up. Just like my steak that I got right here from Jewel. Yeah, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's, it's pretty cool.
1: So I'm just going to plop this on the fire here, and then and I'm going to show you what they did. Ooh,
2: ooh. Started going crazy, y'all. You know? Started chanting, fire, bed,
1: fire, bed, fire, bed, fire, bed, fire, 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 fire,
2: fire, fire,
1: fire, fire.
2: That didn't work, so they got a little louder. Big fan! Big
1: fan! Big fan!
2: That still didn't work. So, you know, as long as they got it, didn't work, so they just started doing dances.
1: oh, oh, I know.
2: No, being fire.
1: Elijah,
2: once he saw that after many, many hours that the Baal prophets couldn't get their fire or light, he decided or he asked his, he asked the guys to get twelve stones just like these ones down here for each, one for each of the tribes that he decided not to follow God. Then he built he got his wood in, the, in his altar, took his piece of meat. Fuck that.
1: And then he did something totally
2: whack. Told the guys around him to go get a jug of water. Look at that. It's not a jug, but it's a bunch of water. And then what he did was he took the water and he dumped it on the stake and the altar. Like this. And he told him to do it again. Oh hey, look at this. A jug of water. And he told him to do it again. And he told me 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 to do it again. Then the altar was overflowing with water, impossible for anything to possibly light it. Then Elijah began to pray, "Dear Lord, please have all these people know that I am your servant and have done all these things in your favor. Please send down fire upon this bowl so that all these people will know that you are the one true God." And so that they will know that I'm trying to help them turn their hearts back to you, Lord. Amen. And before he even opened his eyes, there was fire! And all the people were convinced that Elijah was right. They were convinced that the God of the Bible was the one true God, and that Baal was totally fake. So then, all the people started chanting, "The Lord is God. The Lord is God." All right, guys. You know, I really love this story. It comes to us straight from the book of First Kings in the Bible, so you already know that it's real. And just like I proved on the diamond with my friend Brian Barnes that I was the best baseball player in Manuka, Elijah, right here in First Kings, proved that God is the, that our God is the only true God. You know, he proved that Baal is wrong. And just like we today can prove that Muhammad or Buddha or any other God you can possibly think of is wrong. And that the only God is our God, the one that you can find in pretty much any story in this book right here The Holy Blood.
1: When Dad got home, I told that story just like I rehearsed. But then stood there on those trembling. Right, knees Waited oh, for the, the word. <laughs> Real! Uh! He said, Let me tell about
2: love. sorry, that's not what guys I meant, what's the big deal? you know, now that you know the story about Elijah, since, you know I told you everything from you know, he proved King Ahab and the rest of the false Baal prophets wrong, that, you know, he proved that there's only one true God but there's still people in the world today that believe that their God is the real God, they're Buddhists and Muslims all over the world everywhere even in our own city that believe that our God isn't the, real, the one true god and obviously from the story with Elijah they're not the real god so what do you I mean you have friends that don't believe that our God is the one true god you have friends that believe totally the opposite of what is suppo- of what you're supposed to believe So, I mean, what are you guys going to do? Are you guys just going to sit back and let them believe the wrong thing? I don't think you should do that. I mean, this place is so great. I've had so much fun today, just running around, playing all kinds of games. And, I mean, there's, like, no easier way than to just invite some of your friends that don't believe in God to Summerland. Or just, you know, invite them to Adventureland when it starts back up in the fall. Or even do something as simple as this. ABCs, Admit, Believe and Choose. Just take five minutes to explain that. And then, you know, just try and answer any questions that your friends have about that as best as you can, even if you don't know the answer. You know, guys, I told you the story about Elijah from the Bible. And I've told you, you know, so much today. But now, I can't do much more. In fact, I can't do any more. I don't know your friends. I'm not... I don't go to your school. I mean, you guys might go to my school one day, but I won't be there. So I'm not going to have an opportunity to tell your friends about God. You are all going to be the ones that need to do that. I mean, and you know, it's so simple for you guys these days. When I was little, you know, it was really hard. You know, I invite my friends to church and they'd be like, oh, a church is so boring. But now, I mean, look at this place. It's so awesome and so easy to just get your friends to come out. And, you know, if you can get them here, then they can live forever with you in heaven. It's just, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. I gotta get back
1: to fishing. Peace out. I woke up today. I strapped my shoes on tight. It's gonna be a long day.
0: So that was Summerland. Summerland was, uh, grew out of day camp. Day camp went away because our garage burned down. We had a garage over at the other place, and uh, somebody in the middle of the night on a very cold December night took a dumpster, pushed it up against the garage, burned it, and everything you saw in the images went with it. I mean, all the decorations, all the stuff. And so out of that, you're like, how do you take tragedy and turn it into something great? And we went towards Summerland instead. Um, But all of this kind of, again, it inspires just ideas of creativity, things that can happen. As I watch this, I mean, and I know if you were there, you're just watching like the different sets. You're watching these things. I'm sure, you know, whether it's admit, believe, choose on the wall, whatever it is, there's something that kind of sparks a, oh, my word, I remember that. And, And that memory brings everything from joy to Choking throat to you name it, if you weren't there, I just I, I'm excited about being able to invite all of us along on this ride, this ride for, that's going to be the ability to, again, not just teach kids, but to teach kids how to teach kids, and not just to teach adults, but to teach adults how to teach adults. I want you to you know may, I don't know what you know I'm sure you're thinking, well Brian's a pastor's kid, of course, he knows how to speak. that's all pastors do. Um, kid was in ninth grade and did that. He was in ninth grade. And speaking may not be the talent God has given you. It may not be the gift God has given you. But he's given you something. Something other than walking in, being here, and walking away. Something that God wants you to use passionately for him. So the passion that you saw in Brian was inspired by many of the people in this room. I'm going to bring three of them up here right now. And as they're coming up, I just like everybody to stand because you got to get your legs, you know, under you again and feeling good and get some blood flowing. So stand up and take a moment to tell the person next to you one thing you know about Elijah that you didn't know at the beginning of the summer. All right? And if you don't know anything yet, say, I don't know. All right? So go ahead. And while you're doing that, Jaron, Tristy, and John, come up here a minute. Stand here. here. How you doing, Jaron? Where's John? Did John not hear? Oh, he's coming. All right, good, good, good. All right, you can have a seat. So you got these three and many others. Lorraine, so many people through the years that inspired and, and taught our kids. Way, way back, believe it or not, it's a long time ago, 2001. Jaron wasn't even Jaron Wojwoda yet. Jaron was Jaron Keen. I know it from the video. Because in the video, I called you Jaron Wojawuda. <laughs> How in the world could I have done that? I introduced all three of them, and I said of John, whose name is Ahmed, you'll find out in a minute, he had just become an overseer in our church in 2001. Jaron was 14 days and four hours away from being married. And Tristy, of you, I said, you're the one that creates all the noise every Sunday. It was at that point that Tristy led music downstairs in Adventureland. So, as I'd be preaching, I'd preach to a beat. You'd just feel this thumping going on. And, and you know what? We liked it. It was good. It was good. It was really, really good. There was a fourth member of this cast, too. His name is Chris Snyder. I think Chris is in North or South Carolina or somewhere south. But, so, of all the creative things that we did, one of them was a, was a skit, and it's hard to call it a skit, called New Testament Rewind, where we took the kids from start to finish in the in the New Testament, just gave them a dose of what was going on. Guess what? We have the video, <clears throat> and I'll tell you what—it's hilarious. It is so funny, and we're going to watch it. Now, now, what you got to know? Let me just set up a few things. This is 2001, back when you didn't have cameras that really t- took. Great images, no HD, not the best sound quality in the universe. In fact, if anybody gets loud, Tristy, the the um, the mic gets real crackly. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so there will be points that you're like, okay, the sound quality isn't the best. That's okay. Breathe. There are going to be points that you'll want to laugh. Please feel free to laugh, but just know that the actors can't pause for you. All right, so they're gonna they're gonna keep going, but. Uh, Shelly had a hard time watching music. You get about, oh, 20 minutes of watching you right now. So <laughs> you can watch, or you can go take a really long bathroom break. It's up to you, <laughs> all right? So we're going to get started. Have a seat. <clears throat> this is called New Testament Rewind. Zine Start one, to beginning, The birth of Jesus.
3: Or
4: welcome to our world. One silent night in the town of Bethlehem.
0: The cry of a newborn baby
3: was heard in the depths of a filthy stable. Meanwhile, out of the fields nearby... Some shepherds were watching their sheep. Dudes! When suddenly an angel appeared in the sky. Hey, dude!
4: Dude! Dude! Thanks, dude? What, dudes? I mean, do not be afraid, for God has sent me here. The Savior's born. Go to Bethlehem and you will find him there.
3: Dude. dude! The shepherds did find Jesus in the stable in Bethlehem. And after they worshipped him, they went and told everyone about the new king who had been born. But when word reached King Herod in Jerusalem, he was furious. I'm furious! He was afraid that this new king he had heard about might take over his throne.
5: I'm afraid that this new king that I've heard about might... Wait a minute. You just said that. Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Guards, bring me those three travelers who follow that star to Bethlehem! Oh. Hey, you three kings of Orient are right... Yeah. Yeah. Bearing gifts you traverse afar, right?
3: What is he talking about? Just nod and (sighs) smile.
5: Okay, look. Here's the deal. When you find this king that you're looking for, I want you to bring him to me so that I can kill him. I mean, so that I can worship him, too. Yeah, that's it. So I can worship him. Uh, gotta go. Bye.
3: Psycho. See ya. I got a thing. Yeah, thing. Adios. And so, the three travelers followed the star until they found Jesus.
1: The
4: wise, the wise men! Joseph, do we know
3: the
1: wise men? <laughs> uh, hello! 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 Spread up! We've come to worship the new king!
3: Well, we bring gifts. Gold.
1: Oh, Right! Frankincense. Whoa!
4: And myrrh! Oh, more myrrh? Oh my got myrrh? No, it's alright.
3: I knew I should have gotten that Tybo gift pack.
4: I brought him a receipt. You can take it back. No, it's great. He'll love it.
3: And so the three wise men w- f- uh, worshipped the baby Jesus. But they had been warned in a dream not to return to King Herod, so they went back home another way. I knew we should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. Well,
5: if you would have stopped and asked for directions. No.
3: <laughs> Herod still tried to have Jesus killed, but God protected Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, and they eventually made their way back to their hometown of Nazareth. And, to make a long story short, Too late. Jesus grew up. Scene two: the life of Jesus. Or, so that's what it's supposed to look like. Who knew? When Jesus was 30 years old, he knew the time had come to do what he had come to earth to do. To teach people how God wanted them to live, and then to die and rise again. So he went out into the wilderness where a group had gathered to hear a wild man named John teach.
4: I am John the Baptist. Okay, so I look a little weird. Uh, yeah Okay, so I heard food like locusts and honey Did he say locusts? Like bugs? Okay, gross But I bring you an important message The old way of doing things is almost over No longer we have to sacrifice animals for the forgiveness of sins And no longer we have to listen to those Pharisees And work our way to God by doing good things What?
3: Are you serious? Yes,
4: there is one who is coming soon It is not me, but he is coming And he's going to forgive our sins once and for all If you're ready to follow him Come down and be baptized as a sign
3: but the Pharisees, who were the Jewish religious leaders at the time, did not like what they were hearing. In my
1: day, we didn't get baptized. We offered God an animal sacrifice. And then we hit ourselves with a pain stick. And we, Jesus ditch.
5: And
4: was baptized by John. Jesus, you come to me, and yet I should be the one getting baptized by you.
3: Yes, but it is right for us to do this.
5: The crowd scattered, and Jesus traveled deeper into the wilderness to be alone with God and prepare to do his work. He went without food and water for 40 days so that he would be totally focused on God. But during this time of hunger and weakness, someone paid him a visit. <laughs>
3: Jesus, Satan, I don't mean to pry, but you look a little hungry there. Why don't you bend down and turn those stones over there into bread and eat something? Nope. Well, how about this, then? What if you go to the top point of the temple and just jump off? God will send his angels to save you, then everybody will see just how cool you are. What do you think? Uh Uh-uh all right you see all the kingdoms of the world out there i'll give them all to you all you gotta do is bend down and worship little old me what do you think kid nope not gonna do it you know the deal satan the bible says worship the lord your god and him only now beat it satan
5: jesus was now ready to begin his work he started by picking out some helpers 12 men who would follow him everywhere and help him teach. Come and follow me. And they did. Peter. Andrew.
3: John. James. James. The other James. Matthew. Philip. Thomas. (laughs) Bartholomew.
4: Thaddeus Simon and Judas and for the next
5: three years the disciples followed Jesus as he traveled all around the area telling people about God during those three years Jesus did many miracles look,
3: I turn this water into wine <laughs> little girl, you're not dead you're just asleep, get up <laughs> blind man, open your eyes and see Man, pick up your man and walk.
5: And on and on like this. But the Pharisees grew
3: jealous of Jesus. In my day, we didn't have anyone going around doing miracles. If you were blind, you stayed blind. If you were dead, you stayed dead. We were miserable and we liked it. <laughs>
5: Jesus taught many things.
3: If someone hurts you, let it go. Don't try to get even. No way! Yes way. And if you want to be great, then you need to serve other people.
4: No way!
3: Yes way. And if you want to honor God, you need to keep your mind and your heart pure as well as your actions. No way! Yes way.
5: And on and on like this. Jesus taught in a way that people had never heard before. And the
3: Pharisees? They grew to hate Jesus. In my day, we didn't say things like, don't get even. If somebody heard us, we heard him right back, and that was that. We were miserable, selfish, and greedy. And we liked it.
5: <laughs> and during these three years, Jesus met many people
3: and changed them forever. Hi, my name's Jairus.
5: Hi, Hi, Jairus! Jairus.
3: Jesus brought my little girl back from the dead. He gave me my little girl back, and he has changed me forever.
5: Oh! Hi, my name's Martha. Hi, Hi, Martha. Martha. (laughs) I used to be so busy that I didn't even have time to just sit and talk with Jesus. But Jesus taught me that the most
4: important thing is just to be
5: with him.
1: Oh!
4: Oh. Well, hi, I'm a Samaritan woman, and... Hi, Samaritan... Samaritan. Wait, no! most Jews hate Samaritans, but not Jesus. He accepted me and he became my friend and he changed my life forever.
3: Ah! And on and on it went like this. But the Pharisees now despised Jesus. In my day, we didn't go around changing people.
1: We were lucky if we changed our underwear. And we liked it!
3: (laughs) Well, during these three years, the disciples followed Jesus faithfully, even though they didn't seem to understand a lot of what Jesus said. Now, did he say, blessed are the cheesemakers? No,
4: I think it was peacemakers. Well, did he say after three days, the loaf of bread would rise? I think he said that after three days, he would rise. Oh. Well, Well,
3: what's it supposed to mean?
4: I don't know. See, I'm still confused. Like, how come he is sometimes, like, the son of man, and then, like, he is, like, sometimes the son of God?
3: Oh, Oh, I got this one. I got this one. You'll love this. He's the son of man, and he's the
1: son of God... And, and, yeah, you get it, right?
4: No, and now my head hurts. Mine
3: too. But even though they didn't understand it all, they still followed him. Dur- during those three years, tons of other stuff happened.
5: An amazing story today. Jesus took five loaves of bread and two fish and miraculously made enough food to feed 5,000 people.
3: More at five. In today's top story, witnesses have reported that Jesus of Nazareth stopped a violent storm over the Sea of Galilee by simply telling it to be still. We'll track that storm tonight with Doppler 5 Radar.
4: Reports today confirm that a man known as Jesus was seen walking on the water in the Sea of Galilee. That and other stories at 11.
3: During a funeral today in the town of Nain, the young man who had been dead got out of the coffin and started talking. Eyewitnesses report that moments before, Jesus of Nazareth touched the coffin and said, Young man, get up. Jesus was not available for comment.
5: In Jerusalem today, crowds gathered and waved palm leaves at the city gates. What caused this excitement, you may ask? It was not the entrance of the governor's chariot, as some may suspect, but rather a single man riding into town on a donkey. This man was Jesus of Nazareth, who many have come to believe is the promised Messiah. Truly an exciting way to begin this week's Passover festivities. This is Sal Green reporting Jerusalem.
3: And to make a long story short, Jesus did many other things as well, and yet the Pharisees now hated Jesus more than ever. In my day, we didn't go around following every poor carpenter who called himself the Messiah. They listened to us, Pharisees. We were popular. AND WE LIKED IT! THE TIME HAS COME TO DO SOMETHING ABOUT THIS JESUS. WHICH LEADS US TO SCENE 3, THE DEATH OF JESUS. THE PHARISEES ARRANGED TO HAVE JESUS BETRAYED BY JUDAS AND ARRESTED. THEY HANDED HIM OVER TO THE GOVERNOR AND CONVINCED HIM TO HAVE JESUS KILLED. JESUS WAS NAILED TO A CROSS WHERE HE HUNG IN PAIN FOR SEVERAL HOURS BEFORE HE FINALLY DIED. He had paid the price for all the sins of the world, but the disciples still went home, thinking everything was over. Scene 4, The Resurrection Early on the third day, a woman named Mary went to the tomb, but when she got there, the tomb was empty. She ran to find the disciples, but when she found them, they didn't believe her. What are you talking this crazy nonsense saying Jesus is alive? He can't be alive. We saw him die, we saw him bury. It's over. It's over. It's done. It's no, gone. No, it's true. Yes, it is true.
1: Jesus? Jesus? Jesus! All right!
5: Hey, Jesus! It's so good to see you, man. Hey. Do you remember that time? Do you remember that time that we were all sitting together and we were eating dinner and you told us that you were going to come back from the dead and we just didn't get it? Do you remember? Do you remember?
3: Yeah. Wow. That was awesome. Thanks. But the job is just beginning. I've got an awesome mission for you.
5: And Jesus described to them the adventure that still awaited them for all his believers, how they would spread the message about him to the whole world. And then he left them to get heaven ready for his followers.
3: All right, this is where things get interesting. Telling the world about Jesus is going to be the toughest thing that we've ever had to do. Are you in? Yes! Let's do it! Scene five, the church begins. Or, today Jerusalem, tomorrow the world! The disciples all stayed in the town of Jerusalem for several days, just as Jesus had told them to do. But on a day called Pentecost, God sent them a gift. No, it wasn't candy.
1: No, no, it's not candy. Let me tell you. No, just zip, 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 zip it. it zip it.
3: Zip it. What he sent them was the gift of the Holy Spirit. God. This is what I've been saying. On the day of Pentecost, God sent the Holy Spirit to the first disciples in an amazing way. A violent wind blew and filled the whole house where they were. Then, something that looked like tongues of fire came down from heaven and rested on their heads. Oh, yeah. It didn't burn. Oh. <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit. The disciples now had all the power they needed to carry out the mission that Jesus had given them. And God still gives the gift of the Holy Spirit to every person who makes Jesus the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their life. The disciples then began to spread the message about Jesus.
4: Hi, my name is Peter. Let me tell you about Jesus. Hi, my name is Philip. Let me tell you about Jesus.
3: Hi, my name's Barnabas. Let me tell you about Jesus. Sometimes people listened, and huge numbers of people became Christians. (laughs) Yes. But, hi, my name's Stephen. Let me tell you about Jesus. (laughs) Sometimes it didn't work out so well. Many of the Jewish religious leaders were against the message of Jesus and persecuted the disciples by beating them, imprisoning them, torturing them, and even killing them. So many of the disciples fled away to the surrounding areas, but that only helped the message to spread further than ever. Scene six, the church grows.
1: Oh, derivative, derivative, derivative.
3: As the message spread, so did opposition. People began actually hunting down Christians to stop the message. One of the most effective Christian hunters was a guy named Saul. was changed forever when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Saul, why do you hurt me like this?
4: What? Who are you?
3: I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Well, get up and go into the city. I've got plans for you. When he got up from the ground and opened his eyes, he found that he couldn't see anything. Help! Help, I'm But he made his way to the town of Damascus, where a man named Anan... Anan... Ananias! Ananias found him. Very nice. Thanks! Saul! Over here! Saul! Jesus has sent me to find you. He's given me the power to help you see again. Jesus gave Ananias the power to heal Saul, and immediately Saul could see again. I can
1: see! I'm seeing Jesus! I believe see is.
3: And to make a long story short... Jesus. Saul went to Jerusalem, joined the disciples, and started spreading the message of Jesus everywhere.
4: Hey, you guys, before I go on tour, I was thinking about changing my name. You know, since I don't kill Christians anymore. How about Methuselah? That's
3: a nice name.
4: Methuselah? No, see, I was thinking something a little more cutting edge. You know, like the artist, formerly known as Saul. Yeah, we think about that one. How about just Paul? Oh, Paul, you think simple as best? Yeah, I really do. Oh, well, Paul is...
3: Paul went traveling on three different tours, telling people everywhere he went about the message of Jesus. Everywhere he went, lots of people became followers of Jesus. But everywhere he went, people who opposed the message tried to stop him. He was beaten, made fun of, and tortured. While in the the town of Philippi, Paul and his friend Silas were thrown into prison. But even in prison, they remained joyful. Eh, this ain't so bad. Not so bad. That night, God sent an earthquake. The prison doors flew open. When the jailer arrived, he freaked. I freaked it out! Because he thought that everyone had escaped, and he knew he would be killed. He raised his sword to kill himself. Hold oh. up, we're still here! The jailer was amazed, and Paul told him about Jesus. He and his whole family became believers in Jesus. Oh. The next day...
5: Hey, Paul and Silas, the city officials have ordered you to be released. You're free to go! Oh. Man, I'm really going to miss you guys. Yeah. yeah. Group oh, I love
1: you. Hey.
3: But that wasn't the last time Paul had trouble. Paul returned to Jerusalem after his third tour, but he had barely been there a week when. Hey, isn't that that guy who keeps talking about that Jesus stuff? Yeah,
5: that guy and that stuff is an insult to us and our lives. Let's get him! Ah.
3: Ah. The crowd closed in on him and began to beat him, but.
4: and crowned by Roman soldiers, read all about it. Paul's put on trial before the Jewish leaders and the Roman king. Hot off the presses, Paul is sent to Rome to stand trial before Emperor Caesar. Read all about it.
5: Extra, extra, get it here first. While we'll sailing to Rome, the Roman ship carrying Paul and run
4: aground by a storm. awaiting his trial with Caesar.
3: And so it went. Yet all throughout Paul's trials, he continued to tell people about Jesus and what had happened to him on the road to Damascus. Paul stayed in prison for at least two years waiting for his trial with Emperor Caesar. Hello, Caesar here. <laughs> Caesar's a big guy. Little man named Paul's down in prison, wants to come see Caesar. Caesar. Caesar's too busy to see Paul right now. Not gonna do it. Would not be prudent at this juncture.
5: (laughs) While Paul was in prison, people still continued to persecute the Christian churches. Things were often tough, and it would have been very easy for them to just give up.
3: Oh, Ahmed. Well, what's wrong, Ariana Stein? Don't Ahmed,
5: what is
4: wrong? Like, everyone hates us.
3: Oh, gee, you're right.
4: And like, even though our church is growing, like, what are we gonna do? Nobody likes us.
3: Well, do you think it's because we have so much spirit? No, it's like because we're Chris we're Christians. Oh, well, gee, yeah. I hope everyone doesn't give up. Oh, wait, I know what they need. The, the perfect cheer! <laughs> Who's that, Christian? That's the best. It's Paul. It's Paul. Who's that, Christian? That's the best. It's Paul. It's
1: Paul. Going to bah- bah- oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they hate you, churches, but don't you fear it? Cause you're the ones with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh. Oh, <my> God. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
5: The churches continued to grow and spread. While Paul was imprisoned in Rome, he continued to send letters to the different churches, teaching them and encouraging them. Long
3: story short,
4: Charlie.
3: the message continued to spread to the ends of the earth. Scene 7, Revelation.
4: Or it ain't over until it's over.
3: Sometime around 95 AD, John, the Saint John, who had been one of the original twelve disciples, was condemned to an island called Patmos. During this time, Jesus appeared to John and gave him a vision of what was going to happen in the future. Now, a lot of what John wrote is kind of confusing.
4: And I saw four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back, huh? When the lamb opened the third seal, I saw a black horse and its
5: rider was holding a pair of scales. What's that all about?
3: The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to earth. The star was given the keys to the abyss? I don't get it. Like I said, a lot of what John wrote is kind of confusing, but this much is clear.
4: Jesus is coming back someday.
3: And when he does, he's gonna snap Satan like a twig.
4: All wrongs are going to be made right. There'll be no more suffering, no more pain, and no more tears. And those who are his followers will be with him forever.
3: Until then, it's up to his followers to spread the message about him in Jerusalem,
5: in Judea, in Samaria,
3: and to the ends of the earth. The story ain't over
0: till Jesus comes back.
1: Come, Lord Jesus.
0: And telling those guys they did a great job. That was fun, wasn't it? Uh, it's fast-paced, obviously. It's uh, it, uh, it's just it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And the thing, I don't know about you, I, I was talking to John this week. He didn't know I was going to show this, but I was talking to John, talking about videos and all that. And not too long ago, he started going through some old home videos. I've been going through old videos. And one of two things happens when you're watching a video. Sometimes somebody captured something that you go, oh, I wish they hadn't have done that. You know, maybe it was the way you looked at that point. Maybe it's something you said, and now it's there forever and ever and ever, and it's stuck there. That's one side of what happens with videos. There's this other side that, that I've found that's really cool. You go back and look at something from the past, and you kind of forget the best of who you were. You forgot. It's been a while. And you look at this, and you go, wow, that was cool. Wow, we did that. Wow, we went there. i, I for me, I've watched these a few times. Again, even just looking at sets and going, look at all the stuff those people made for a week of camp. Look at all the work that went into that. I mean, if I were doing the skit, it used to be kind of a day camp joke. I was not great at memorizing. So there would be scripts on posts in the back of my hands and all this sort of stuff, trying to figure out where I was. All the memorizing that went into that, just Not only the lines, but the right hat at the right time and boom, 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 moving around like that. Um, When I looked at it, I thought there are three things involved in this. There was obviously an intense amount of creativity, a, a huge amount of hard work, and a love for kids and a love for people that just won't quit. A love for kids and a love for people that said, we will do anything and everything we can to make sure these kids join us in heaven. To make sure these kids come to know God the way we came to know God. So, one of two things happened for you this morning. If you were there, a flood of memories came back. And you said, oh my word. By the way, John, can you still do that cheer? We'd love to see a whole Sunday morning of the two of you. Maybe the whole Old Testament in Ariana Stein and Ahmed. But anyway. um, Oh. The creativity, the hard work, the love for kids, you bring all those things together. And you know what? I mean, that, that, that was the best of us. It is the best of us. And we're going to get a chance to do it all again, whether it's for kids or adults or whomever. So, so if you were there, it draw back, drew back great memories. If you weren't there, it pulls you in on who we were. And hopefully it inspires you. It inspires you for the great things we're going to be able to do as those doors open and we walk through. I I was interested, um, I've always loved this passage in in the book of Ezra. So Nehemiah talks about the building of the wall. Ezra talks about the building of the temple and kind of reinstituting the whole process of what happened in the temple once again with Ezra, this priest. And in chapter 3, they finished the foundation, just the foundation. The, The temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians. The, the wall had been destroyed. So Nehemiah comes back and builds the wall. Ezra comes back and begins rebuilding the temple. And toward the end of that chapter, they get the foundation completed. And, and then, and then they, they, it says um, that they gathered together and, and, and they had a, a time of worship together. And in verse 12, it says, Many of the older priests, the Levites, and other leaders who had seen the first temple, Wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation, and others, however, were shouting for joy. And the joyful shouting and weeping mingled together in loud noise that could not that could be heard from a distance. I've always loved that passage because what it tells me is God uses both our memories, memories of things that were, of fond memories of things that were. As well as dreams of what can be. And he brings both those people, both those things together to bring about a new season of his work. And so for us that were there, there may be some looking back nostalgically and saying, remember what was. And for others that are part of it now, they're saying, Think of what could be and we bring together the memories and the dreams and we move forward from here and write yet another amazing chapter of what God is going to do as we reach children, families, moms, dads, people for Jesus Christ. Great opportunities ahead. Great opportunities ahead. So so I hope by your definition today was fun. If not, you can get a full refund at the door so we're, we're good to go. Our servers are going to come right now. If we have servers, I don't even know if we... Uh, four of you know how to pass a basket. Go ahead and stand up and head on back, and they're going to go ahead and collect the offering. And while they do, we'll talk a little bit about where we're going from here. So... Brian introduced the next chapter of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18, where we'll be moving in now and talking about really the main event of Elijah's life. This time when, when he calls down fire from heaven and where we get the... out. Can, you can come now. Um, you, uh, calls down fire from heaven and, and we see this great, this great challenge between the prophets of Baal... And the prophet of god elijah. So what i'd encourage you to do this coming week if you have some time Go ahead and take your bible and read the book of first kings Chapter 18 get real familiar with first kings chapter 18. It's going to start out talking a little bit about a prophet named Obadiah We'll talk a bit about him and then we'll talk about that great contest that takes place between the two Uh, If you've been driving up and down route six, you see some cool stuff going on with the building We're actually getting more walls now Uh, walls are going in place with the the ability to go ahead and put the siding on that really soon. So if you haven't taken a peek lately, you might want to drive by today and just just take a look because things are really progressing. It's really, really, uh, really looking great. So we're excited about that and again, probably toward the end of the summer, maybe into the early fall, we'll take another tour over there so that you'll be able to not just see the outside but the inside and begin to get excited about what's coming. Uh, Good summer because of the... um, because of the snow and everything else, we were able to uh, work out an arrangement with the school that we're going to be able to stay set up a little bit longer than normal. We're going to go basically all the way through our outdoor service, which is great. Uh, And then after that, this is kind of fun, we'll have 16 setups. 16 setups and we'll be done. So it's getting closer and closer to that time uh, that we're going to be able to move in. But part of what I've been trying to really emphasize in all of this is um, the building isn't a finish line, okay? Okay. It's not like we get there and, yay, we're done, let's sit, we're done. Uh, The building is a starting line. It's yet another starting line. In 130 years' worth of starting lines, we keep starting again and again and again, and we get another opportunity to start. So make sure you get the right mentality going. And part of the reason we do this morning is to be able to look and say, look at some of the stuff that we'll be able to do. Look at the inspiring things we'll be able to do when we have a place of our own to call home. So let's go ahead and stand together, and we'll close in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for the gifts and talents we we're able to see on display this morning. For people who have an incredible love for you, a great love for children and for their families, people who are uh, gifted, incredibly talented, and who are willing to put in just tremendous amounts of hard work to inspire other people and to make them laugh, and in the process. To catch them with the gospel. I pray that as we walk away today, something will have been inspired in us. Maybe it's a a memory of the past that we forget. We had a a gift once that we were using and and we've allowed it to just kind of go dormant and it's time to reawaken it. Or maybe today was a day that we looked and said, wow, I never had any clue that a church could do something like that. And it would inspire us and challenge us to the new chapter that lies just ahead. We thank you so much, Jesus, for calling us your church, your body. And I pray that we do a great job bringing other people into that body as well. We pray this in your name. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you.